0: When I was a teenager, I would talk to my parents about everything, probably more than they wanted to know a lot of the time. That probably doesn't surprise you based on how freely I spill my guts on this podcast. But I know that most teenagers are not this way. What are your children like? Are they eager to talk or are they more hesitant? In today's episode, returning guest Brooke Romney gives three takeaways for how to help your teenagers open up to you. And I know you're going to love her insight. But first a super exciting announcement. You may know that I teach live workshops a few times a year called Declutter Your Motherhood. In these workshops, I walk women through a step-by-step process to more fully own who they are as an individual and a mother so they can let go of worn out expectations that don't fit them and make room for more joy in their unique motherhood experience. I'm thrilled to announce that I'm going to be taking this workshop on the road and presenting for the first time in the sunny state of Arizona. It will be Saturday, September 21st in Chandler, and I want you to be there, even if you have to travel for it. This particular workshop is going to be a whole new level of awesome because I'm teaming up with my good friend, Mika Perry, who was a guest on this podcast a few months ago and who is a former professional organizer. I will be teaching you how to declutter your motherhood on the inside at a soul level. And then Mika, with her expertise in home and personal organization, will be teaching you how to declutter your motherhood on the outside so your living spaces and schedule actually match your inner desires. It's going to be a phenomenal day of learning, growth, and connection with other like minded women. And for the next two weeks only, our early bird pricing is available, which is $30 off a ticket. So don't delay. Go check it out today at 3and30podcast.com forward slash Arizona for all the details. And now on to the show. This is episode 90 How to Talk with Your Teens Instead of At Them. Welcome to 3and30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Today on the podcast, we have a returning guest who I know everyone is going to be thrilled to hear from again. Brooke Romney is a mom of four boys, a professional writer and speaker, and an all-around inspiring human being. You may remember her from episode 19, How to Stop Being Friendly and Start Being a Friend, which is one of the most widely shared episodes we've had on 3 and 30. I'm thrilled to have her joining us for Teen Month because she's honestly one of the very first people who comes to my mind when I think of someone who has solid advice for parents on how to maintain connection during a phase of life that can sometimes be a little tricky. So today, she's going to be teaching us how to talk with our teenagers instead of at them. Brooke, welcome back to 3 and 30.
1: Thank you, Rachel. I am so excited to be back with you. I just love 3 and 30. So it's an honor to be able to do this again.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. Like I mentioned there, your first episode really has been shared by so many women and touched so many women as they've you know, wanted to reach out and make more solid connections with other women and more friendships. And I really feel like connection is at the heart of what you do, teaching people how to connect better. And I'm really glad that you're going to be teaching us how to connect better with our teens today. So I guess I just want to start by asking you why you have a heart for this topic of connection and particularly with our teens.
1: Well, connection is to me, the foundation of why we're here, right? You can do all kinds of wonderful things. You can uh, be a speaker, you can make a ton of money, but really to change the world takes connection with people, especially, um, teens. I actually have four boys, um, 16, 14, 12, and seven. And so I am in the heart of the teen years with three of my boys. And I think having boys is, wonderful thing, but also a challenge when it comes to connection, because they maybe aren't as interested in connection as their moms are, and maybe even as their dads are. And so um, I've had to really work hard at maintaining, keeping a connection through those years so that we have a relationship that I enjoy and am proud of, and hopefully that they enjoy and um, are proud of too.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I know you're like a very verbal person. You love to write, you love to speak and share. Are your boys that way or not? So, some
1: of them are and some of them aren't. And so, that's why I think maybe I have a unique perspective because some of my boys are happy to share all of the time and love to engage, and others are less interested. And so, there's a variety of hopefully ideas for all kinds of parents and all kinds of teens. To keep that connection no matter what their personality
0: is so why don't we just go ahead and start with our first takeaway let's do it so
1: my first takeaway is lecture less and listen more so i think sometimes we forget that teenagers are people and they probably feel just like we do so i like to use an example if you had a friend where every time you got together with her She basically told you all the things that she didn't like about you or were disappointing to her or that she hoped you would change. Would you want to open up to that friend or even spend any time with her? Like, of course not. Right. Right. It sounds silly, but I think, especially as parents of teenagers, these, like, this is the base of a lot of our conversations and interactions with our teenagers, because here's the deal. They're falling short in a lot of areas and making us crazy. (laughs) And they're at a point where we feel like they should be taking responsibility and doing some great things. And they really are. But we also feel such responsibility to make sure they're ready to be adults that we often fail to see, you know, the progress and just concentrate on the negative. Mm. And so when we think, when we say like, oh my gosh, my child never wants to talk to me. He never tells me anything. Or she, she, she always talks to her aunt, but she never talks to me, you know, really evaluate yourself and say, okay. Am I someone I would like to talk to? And so then I have some suggestions instead, like instead of, you know, always doing the correcting and which we sometimes have to do. But instead of that being the basis of our relationship, we can really change things.
0: I'd love to hear some of your ideas. What can we do instead? Because you're so right. I would not want to be around someone who is constantly criticizing, nagging, and pointing out all the ways I was falling short. Right. <laughs> so, so what can we do? What can we do instead for our teenagers? So,
1: one of the things that is simple but is is to compliment them. Take the opportunity to notice the good that they do, and it sounds like something that's so easy, but it can be really hard in the teenage years uh, because sometimes you see something good they do. And then you realize that they've been watching YouTube for an hour. And so you're like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Why are you watching YouTube instead of, Hey, thanks so much for getting the lawn mowed this morning and doing it early. I really appreciate that. You know, you just glide right over. So really concentrate on seeing their good and complimenting them. Mm. Another thing is to just get excited about their thing and In a digital world, sometimes it can be a little hard because maybe their thing is like a new Snapchat filter, or maybe it's like something really funny on YouTube that you don't necessarily think is funny. Maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's who's dating whom or a new hairstyle that somebody has. And you're like, oh, I'm not really interested in that. you know. But you've got to get excited about the things they're excited about. Hmm. And this can take some effort and some practice, but it really is worth doing. Um, They feel so validated when you think what they do and what they like is worth your time, worth your energy, worth your thoughts. So try your very best to engage in that. Another thing that I think is really important is when they do come to you with a frustration or a problem, it can be really easy as parents for us to be like, hey, like, fuck up, get over it, move along. That's not a big deal, you know, because you're trying to build resilience. You're trying to you know, help them understand that they They're better than that. They can push past it. But what I've really noticed is in order to build that love and trust and connection is normalizing what they're going through at these ages is so incredibly helpful. So let's say your daughter comes to you and she has had a hard time with a friend. Instead of saying like, oh, you don't need that girl in your life. She's not, you know, she's not worth your time. Mm -hmm. You say something like, oh, I remember how hard friendships were in junior high. You know, maybe tell her about a time when you struggled with one of your friends. And, and then even say now, like, and you know what, a couple of weeks ago, my friends went to dinner. and I didn't get an invite and that felt really bad too. So I really understand how you're feeling. Do you want to go do something with me? Is there a different friend you want to invite over tonight? We can watch a movie, you know, really normalizing what they're going through helps them to be able to come to you again when something like that happens instead of just mope or feel sad and depressed or feel lonely. Like it really, really helps the relationship. So that's something that I think is really important when we are talking and connecting with our teens.
0: I love, I love the idea of, um, not just, not just saying, I remember back in the day when I felt that too, which I think is important yes. to say that, but to also say, I still feel that ah. like to, to, to build a connection there by saying, I experienced that too. Our lives aren't so vastly different. We actually have a lot of similarities. I also think it's important to encourage them and say, a lot of this stuff does go away when you're older. Like Some of this hard stuff gets easier and you won't be dealing with that forever. But at the same time, I also get nervous about big things. I also feel sad when friends leave me out. I'm also afraid when I have to do this or that, you know? And so that connection is really there that we're not so different as you may think.
1: Well, and I loved the other day, you know, my husband was um, telling my boys about a work situation where he had a conflict with someone, you know, that he works with. And, you know, he talked to him about what he did and, you know, how he kind of humbled himself and went to the person and and shared that experience. And it's not much different than, you know, when one of my kids has had a conflict with one of their teachers or someone that they thought was wronging them. So really sharing like your experiences today and how you're getting through those and how, how you work through conflicts with people or situations, you know, helping your kids understand that you were a person then, and you are still a person now, and you're easy to talk to and come to, and you guys can work things out together.
0: Yeah. I feel like so often as adults, we don't think to tell our kids about the things that are going on in our lives But um, that's a much more interesting conversation than just talking about pick up your clothes and, but to tell them about the situations going on at work, you mentioned being interested in their interests. Yeah. Um, You can also tell them about your interests and the things that are exciting and important to you. For sure. And that can stimulate good conversation with them.
1: That's one of the most fun things about kids getting older is that your interests start to merge. And you don't have to play trains on the ground. I mean, who's interested in playing trains on the ground, right? Like nobody. But, (laughs) you know, maybe you're interested in mountain biking. And how fun is that if your kid can come out and mountain bike with you? You know, way more interesting than trains. So, you know, really take advantage of some of those opportunities to introduce them to to your sphere and the things you love. It's a Um, Mm win-win. The other thing, though, is really remembering that they're also their own people. They're going to be different than you were and different than you are. And one of the things that I think kids despise is when parents want them to have their experience, you know, like they were on the football team or they were the star of the musical. And so, you know, how come you're not involved like I was? Or, you know, why aren't you going out every night of the weekend? By, you know, by sophomore year, I had tons of friends. We were doing fun things. Why don't people do fun things anymore? You know, those types of conversations are certainly not helpful in building connection with each other.
0: Yes. Honoring who they are, not expecting them to be who you were. And I think that can get, if you are trying to empathize with them, you can quickly turn it to be all about you, which is not right. what you want either. It's like you said for the takeaway, listen, listen more. And, yes. then, and then you can share, but listen most of all. Um, and I did have a question. How do you, how would you suggest genuinely engaging in their interest if it really like you really aren't feeling it personally because I feel like teens probably have the best like BS meter of like anybody in the world (laughs) (laughs) and so they know they know when you're pretending you're faking it or so how do you genuinely um, start to care about what they care about do you have any suggestions for that
1: Well, sometimes it might be impossible depending on what they're into. For instance, um, my oldest likes Fortnite and I see no value in Fortnite, but I see a lot of value in him and who he is. And so one of the ways that I connect instead of connecting, you know, with the game, because I personally cannot do it. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, I make sure that he knows that I love him. I'm crazy about him. I am excited for him. I cheer him on in all the things that he does, but this is a really just barely happened example. So, he's been earning some money through working and um he wanted me to help him get money out of the bank so he could go buy this microphone for the Xbox. I really don't think it's worthwhile to spend money on a microphone for the Xbox, but and as I was going into my lecture mode, instead, I said, "You know what? I'm really proud of you that you earned this money. And that's the fun thing about having your own money is you get to decide what you spend it on. And I was really proud of myself because I wasn't like, yay, Fortnite, let me watch you play for the next hour and a half, which some people do, right? In order to build that connection. But instead, I was validating who he was, what he was doing and saying, yeah, everyone needs some downtime. Everyone needs a hobby that's a little bit mindless. I'm glad you can pay for it on your own now. This is awesome. So I don't know if that's the perfect way to do it. But um, if it's really something that you're having a hard time getting into, making sure that your child knows that you love, accept, and are excited for them and about them, even though they might not be doing your favorite thing. And that's, mm-hmm. like you said, they can, they can smell BS a mile away. So <laughs> they know immediately if you like them anyway, you know, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yes. You don't have to love everything that somebody does to love them. And to, I Or think- even
1: to like them even to like
0: them. Yes. Which there is a big difference there. We, of course, we all love our kids. Our kids also want to know that we like them and we will, and we like, we like spending time with them and we like who they are.
1: Yes. And I think it's so important for them to know that, but even if they play Fortnite, sometimes, even if your daughter is super into makeup and you're a really low maintenance gal that you still are like, you know what, that's cool. I'm glad you're exploring your artistic side. Maybe you hope she doesn't wear that much makeup all the time, but it's okay because she's her and you're you, you know, and, and she can feel that when you think, you know what? Good for you. Keep, you know, keep exploring yes. that. Okay, my second takeaway is to elevate your conversation. I think sometimes teens don't engage with us because we are bad at conversation. Um, we ask the same questions and you know, we say, How was your day? or Or we go like to the really probing questions like, why didn't you sit with so-and-so at lunch? Or why do you have two missing assignments still? And so we need to realize that they're growing up and they're ready for more than those basic everyday boring questions. Mm. I, one of my kids took a class called current events when they were in like seventh or eighth grade and they're coming home and they're talking about the Holocaust. They're talking about abortion. They're talking about white supremacists. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like how did we get from be nice to your neighbor to white supremacists? Like I'm not ready for this. Um and I didn't think he was ready for it. And then I started thinking about things and I thought, okay. These kids go to middle school every single day where they are hearing about active shooter drills. Hmm. They have classmates who have died from suicide. People are texting, people are vaping there's pornography and sexualized images in their world all of the time. And this is what they deal with when they when they leave. And then they come home and I'm like, "Hey, how was your day?" You know? Like, "So, who are you going to play with this afternoon?" And it's like, "Okay, mom." Like, I just feel like there's a really big disconnect from there to home. Mm. And so I think we need to get a lot more real and comfortable about tackling issues that feel relevant and important to them and being okay with it. And you know what, Rachel, it's such a hard step, especially with that first child, mm. because you want to keep them young and innocent and loved forever and ever. But you're just, basically, I feel like a lot of parents put blinders on and pretend like nothing bad happens. They don't have to deal with any of that, but what it, what's happening is they're dealing with it and they're dealing with it all by themselves instead of with their parents by their side. Mm. So I think it's really important for us to get to get real and to allow them to have those types of conversations at home.
0: yeah, one of my favorite things that you do on your Instagram page, which is Brooke Romney writes. Correct? yes, yes, is you have a series called Teen Talk Tuesday, where you give some really great topics like you you'll bring in current events or different things and encourage parents to talk to their kids about it. So tell us a little bit about that series and what inspired it and how parents can use it to elevate the conversations with their teens in their homes.
1: Well, I, I'm glad you love it because I love Teen Talk Tuesday. Um, and like you said, it's just, it's a topic and it's usually pulled from the headlines and whether it's a current event or maybe like something that would improve your life. Like we did one on sleep and we did, but we also did one on um, the immigration caravan. So we've done, I do lots of different types of things, but I basically summarize the topic really, really quickly, and then give you really good questions to ask your kids. And the important thing about this is that you are engaging each other in a different, higher conversation that feels really relevant and smart and important to your kids. One of the things I try to do is I really do my best to bring out both sides of an issue so it's not a time to indoctrinate your kids with your political ideas and beliefs, but it's a time to ask them questions and hear how they feel about certain things. Mm. And so it's been really amazing um, for our family and for a lot of families um, to have just something once a week where you can engage on a different level with each other. And I think what many parents have found is their kids are craving this type of interaction with them. And they're also creating knowledge, information, um, and a new way of looking at things. They feel really smart and empowered when they know what's going on in the world and when they have an opinion about something. One of my favorite stories about Teen Talk Tuesday, I have this mom who who messaged me and she said she has a really awesome son who's 12 years old and they've always had a great relationship. But in the last year, he's sort of just kind of clammed up. He doesn't really talk to her anymore. He's a great kid doing all kinds of great things. But he said our relationship is just blah and she said we'll ride in the car and neither one of us will say anything and she's like it just makes me sad and see she said we were um sitting at like somewhere the other day and it was silent and she just turned to him and she said so what do you think about them spending all that money on rebuilding the Notre Dame Cathedral which was one of our Teen Talk Tuesdays that week and he looked at her and he perked up and he had all these ideas and she's like we had our first real conversation in so many months and it was so exciting. Oh, I love it. And that. so you know, just just try. I just, you know, for parents who are frustrated, just try. Just see if it things up for you.
0: That's so great. So everyone go follow Brooke Romney Writes on Instagram. Um, and you can see those posts and get ideas for talking to your kids. And even if you don't have Instagram, you can do this yourself. You can look at current events, things going on in the world, topics that are important to you and ask your kids about them and ask their opinion as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's not. And, and, you know, the nice thing about this is it starts to become a habit. You know, you read something and you instead of just thinking about it to yourself, you engage your kids. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful way to create some much deeper connections with our teenagers. So my third and final takeaway is Mm -hmm. hold the judgment of them and others. This is hard. And probably for most people, there will be some really difficult moments because that's the way Mm -hmm. teenagers are supposed to be. Even the very best teens do dumb things and they make mistakes. The goal is not to avoid these difficult moments because that's impossible. But the goal is to keep a relationship before, during, and after these moments. To me, that is the definition of teen parenting success. So sometimes we have to say, OK, we're going through something really difficult, but I'm holding on to that relationship. And one of those ways um, to do that is to really hold the judgment of them and others. And when we talk about holding judgment of others, your teens are listening to you all of the time. They're taking notes mentally about the way you feel about them and about the way you might feel about them. and so when you hear about something bad that someone's done which you will because teenagers actually sometimes do like to tell you about the bad things that are going on with other people and so um you have to show grace for the faults of others
0: because and I feel like the point that you made here when I read this in your outline I'm like this is huge when you show grace with the faults of others your kids realize you'll show grace with their faults and and the opposite when you are judging and talking badly about others, your kids realize that that's how you might feel about them if they make a mistake.
1: And I think that they are much more aware than we realize, and so it is just so important um, to do that. And I know I'm going to just give an example. So your son comes home and tells you, sorry, I always use son because I don't have daughters, but this works for, but <laughs> this works for your, for your daughters too. So he comes home and he tells you that so and so got hot cheating today. And so a lot of us like to react like, oh my word, you know, like what was he thinking? Like, why would he cheat? You know, and you just go off, right? Because you're trying to cement in their mind, like do not cheat, do not cheat. And I, and it's really natural to do it that way. But also what you're saying to your child is like, I don't have any tolerance for someone who breaks a rule or makes a mistake. Like they're a bad person, you know? And so instead something you could say to show grace would be, he must be feeling a lot of pressure.
0: Hmm.
1: Or I wonder if he just didn't feel prepared and was super worried. Do you ever feel that way? So can you see like how different the conversation would be?
0: So different. And how
1: different the feelings would be if you said that instead of some really harsh judgmental, you know, words. And so then you have the chance to engage with your child and you can talk about like, Either yes, I do feel pressure all of the time, like I'm really worried about my grades. And you think, oh, okay, you know, just so you know, I would rather have you get an honest B than a cheating A, you know? Or if you're struggling and you're feeling a lot of pressure, like, do we need to get a tutor? Is there anything we can do to change your schedule? Are you overscheduled? Or do you like the pressure? Are you enjoying the pressure? Do you thrive on pressure and you're okay with it? You know, and you won't be someone who cheats because of pressure. It's just such a different feeling. Um, When you give grace to other people, your children understand that you will also give grace to them because the hard truth is at some point, they're going to need it
0: from you. That's so true. We are all, and not just them, we as adults, we all make mistakes. We all need grace. And I thought that, that something you could say to your kid is, oh, that was that that was a bad choice but he's still a really good kid or i still really love him um even though he made that choice you know we all make mistakes that kind of thing totally i think shows a lot of grace and and i also feel like what you're saying here is to use that experience as a conversation starter so it goes back to your second takeaway there of um use it as an opportunity to elevate your conversation and talk about not about the kid who made the mistake but about the topic and right, um right. why why do you think someone would choose to do that and what can we do in our family to try to avoid that and how do you feel about this topic you know and so it just like you said engage through it and talk about the you know about the issue instead of talking about the other teen
1: right right and you know engaging through the hard moments and you know Rachel we've had a lot <laughs> we've had a lot of hard moments and you need to build a relationship early on so that when something happens, you're their first call, not the call they want to avoid hmm. and not the first call. Cause they know you're going to just figure it out for them. but their first call because you are their support system and you, they know you can walk through that with them. And
0: they know that you like them going back to that takeaway. Oh, so you important. love them and you like them are willing to tolerate their mistakes because you like them and love them. Yes. Well, Brooke, this has been so helpful and insightful. Um, three ways to get your t- to talk with your children instead of at them. And I was wondering if you could recap those before we end.
1: I would love to. So the first is to lecture less and listen more. The second is to elevate your conversation. And the third is to hold the judgment of them and others. Be sane about surprising, bad, or disappointing news and engage through it.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Brooke. And, and where can um, listeners find more of your work?
1: So I am on Instagram and Facebook at Brooke Romney Writes. And then I also have a website, brookromney.com, where you can find you know all of the things that I've put out for the last few years and search up parenting or Teen Talk Tuesday
0: or whatever you're looking for there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back on 3 and 30. And we're very grateful for all the wisdom you've shared with us.
1: Thanks, Rachel. I love being on your show and I'm enjoying all of your podcasts.
0: I want to thank Brooke for coming on again a second time on 3 and 30 and delivering such real heartfelt and practical wisdom for us. She is such a rock star and go check out the rest of her stuff to gain more insight from her. I also want to remind you about my event in Arizona on September 21st, Declutter Your Motherhood with Mika Perry, and those tickets will be at a discounted price for the next two weeks, so go to 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash Arizona. You can also hear me this week as a guest on Mika's podcast, which is Good to Be Home, And I'm over there talking about some of my favorite takeaways from all of the episodes of 3 and 30. So if you're a fan of 3 and 30, I think you're going to love Good to Be Home and you can go and hear me there. I hope summer is treating you so well. We spent this past weekend in a yurt in the mountains with some of our very best friends. I loved it and I love all the memories that summer brings. I hope you're having a great week with your family.